When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome in to another Wolverine Live. We're back again every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, the Wolverine Live. I'm your host, EJ Holland. Uh, like that little bubble says, drop a like. Let's get this video to 500 likes. Um, unfortunately, our $1 for one year promotion has come to an end, but don't worry. You can now sign up for $10 for the entire year, which is still obviously very cheap. And before we get into this week's questions and topics surrounding Michigan recruiting, do have a word from uh, our sponsors over at Manscaped, uh, which provides some great grooming products for uh, men out there. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly uh, share this message with you guys. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the scene of pumpkin spice and making sure uh you look nice. This means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Um, as always, guys, I uh, I use Manscaped myself, but uh, I really like their products uh, outside of uh, just the shaving stuff. I really enjoy the fresh underwear. Uh, it keeps me nice and cool in the, the summertime and warm in the wintertime when I'm on the road traveling, seeing Michigan recruits. And that was great that I had my Manscaped underwear uh, this weekend in the DMV. Cold, rainy weather. I had a chance to go out and see five-star athlete Nicholas Harbor. Uh, saw some other DMV underclassmen recruits on the Michigan board. But we already have your our first question. Uh, as always, guys, I am here to answer your questions. That's why we do this every week, to interact with the fan base, to hear your thoughts on recruiting, to hear uh, what you guys have to say, and for me to answer your questions and interact with you guys. So uh, let's go ahead and and go to our first question because it has been a big topic this week. I'm actually writing a small column on it for tomorrow, and that is uh, Darren Harvey who asks, is Jaden Davis trending away from Michigan? Uh, so Jaden Davis, top 100 2024 quarterback, who is a frequent topic on the show and the most important target in the 2024 recruiting class. As you guys can see here, he's top 10 nationally by two overall by two uh, recruiting sites and uh, top 100 across the board and top three at the position on three of the four recruiting sites. So obviously, Jaden Davis is very highly touted and very important. Considering Michigan's subpar quarterback recruiting over the last two cycles, you know, they uh, obviously had a, a tough run there in 2022 where they kind of missed on some big targets and 
took Jaden Denegal in the summer, got got more of a, an athlete upside take in Alex Orgy towards the end of the cycle. Then into 2023, they put all their eggs in the Dante Moore basket. Obviously, that didn't work out too well. Dante Moore committed to Oregon. So now the focus in, is fully on Jaden Davis. Michigan is not taking a different approach despite the outcome of the Dante Moore recruitment. They are still taking that all our eggs in one basket approach. That means that they are only recruiting Jaden Davis. They're not really in contact with any other quarterbacks. Now, there are some 2024 quarterbacks that they like, that they offered uh, early, but Davis has been the complete focal point at the position. So whether that's a good strategy or not is a completely different argument. Let's just talk about Davis and his recruitment, since uh, that is the question that Darren asked. I would not say that Jaden is uh, trending away from Michigan. I think the recruitment is a little frustrating because Michigan has definitely had its chances to close. Uh, They have not been able to close. He's the only quarterback target on the board. Given what I just said about Dante and Dante ending up elsewhere, I think that's created kind of a a little bit of a, a fear that Michigan misses out again on an elite level quarterback. I mean, Michigan prioritized Jaden Davis over a legacy recruit in their own backyard and CJ Carr. They absolutely love Davis. They had him on campus three times in four months. So, you know, you would assume that Michigan is in the pole position. And I still feel that way. I still feel like Michigan is in the lead right now. But, you know, recruiting can sometimes be a long game if you can't lock up guys early. Uh, now, Overall picture, it is still early for Davis. He's a 24, but again, quarterbacks, you know, normally commit early and you want Davis on board leading your class. Um, he is taking other visits. So he took one to Clemson over the weekend, had a good time there. Clemson has been recruiting him for a long time. It's obviously close to home. Uh, and then you have Georgia coming up this weekend. And that one's a little scary. He's originally from Georgia. When I went out to see Davis play a couple of weeks ago, some family was rocking some Georgia stuff. So I think Georgia has been a legitimate player for a long time. They actually offered him when he was a middle schooler. So it all lines up, but it's not a guarantee that Georgia go goes all in on Jaden Davis. Now they were, uh, targeting Julian Sayan quite a bit, and now he it looks like he's trending towards LSU, which means Georgia could really make a move on Davis. Uh, but they do have uh, one or two other quarterbacks high on their board as well. And it's actually kind of a similar situation at Alabama. So I, I reported uh, last week that Alabama was showing more interest in Davis. He is in their top tier of quarterbacks like Georgia, but they have not gone all in on Jane Davis like Michigan has. So because Georgia and Alabama have not gone all in, I would say it's not time to panic. If Georgia or Alabama or both schools decide to really make a full court press for Jaden Davis, then I'll start getting a little concerned. But as things stand right now, he is not their guy like he is for Michigan. Again, I think he's in the top tier for both schools, so I don't want to make it seem like Georgia or Alabama uh, aren't high on Davis. They certainly are. 
but they haven't dedicated themselves to Davis like Michigan has. So right now, I think Michigan's still the leader. I would give Michigan the uh, advantage over Clemson right now. Um, but Clemson's very much in it as well. If, if Georgia, you know, decides to make him the priority this weekend, then this recruitment could certainly change. Uh, like, like I said, Alabama, kind of the same thing. They're trying to get him on campus um, before the end of the season. And then you have a few other schools that are, are still involved there as well, uh, including North Carolina and Penn State. So we'll see how it all kind of shakes out. I don't think there's reason for panic right now. Like I just listed, unless Georgia and Alabama really make him the guy, then I would start to panic a little bit. Right now I feel fine. I have no reason to remove my Michigan pick of Jaden Davis. I think it is a little concerning that you know Michigan wasn't able to get him on board uh, during that visit for the night game against Hawaii, it's kept the door open for other visits. But, you know, lining things up, like I said, Georgia, Alabama haven't made him the guy. It's still somewhat early, even though he's a twenty, even though he's a quarterback. I still think it's somewhat early. So, you know, I think Davis also wants to do his due diligence. He's he's a really intelligent kid. He he knows what he wants in a school. He has a an entire checklist. So he is enjoying the process as well and seeing how things kind of shake out with some of these uh, SEC schools. So I think there's still some moving parts there and we'll just have to wait and see, uh, see how it all shakes out. Um, let's go ahead and go to another question. Leo uh, Gerstein says, uh, who are we targeting for safety in 2024? So that is a good question. Um, you know, Right now, Michigan is not in a position to take a safety in 2023. So this current cycle, I've been told on a number of occasions that Michigan is not really going to make a move for a safety unless they feel like it's an elite athlete or a special player that can help their program. Given the, the number of guys they landed in the secondary last cycle, I think that's why they're taking that approach. So, yes, in 2024, they will take a safety or two. Um, you know, they are looking at, at, at several guys in 24, um, you know, some names, I guess, um, that, that definitely pop up into my head are, are Jacob Odin, um, a legacy recruit out of Harper Woods. So an in-state kid, his father, Rod, uh, Odin was a walk-on, uh, at Michigan, former fullback. So he's definitely one that that comes to mind right away. I think Michigan is in a really strong position given that family connection. Uh, but you do have some other schools like uh, Notre Dame and Michigan State making uh, big impressions on him as well. Uh, our great producer, Matt Hutchinson, uh, pulled up his profile here. Um and he, uh, Odin is rated as a top 200 prospect nationally across the board. So pretty similar rankings from all the recruiting services. And I agree. I've seen Odin on a number of occasions and I would put him in the range with everybody else. So I think this is uh, a prospect that I guess everybody can agree on for a change. Uh, but Odin is definitely one to keep an eye on. Another in-state guy, uh, Jalen Todd is one to keep an eye on. Uh, so Look, I, I think right now for safeties, they're gonna they're gonna look inside out. So they'll look at Todd. They'll look at Odin. Both are uh, commitment candidates. Todd being out of Southfield, A and T, uh, AT and T. I think that they'll also obviously look at some big names nationally. They'll see who they can get on campus uh, for see these bigger games. 
against Penn State and Michigan State. Um, and I over at the Wolverine, I do plan on doing some early position uh, breakdowns to uh, give you guys more on who Michigan is targeting early on in 24. Uh, but I think the in-state guys obviously come to mind and, and Michigan will work outside and see who they can get on campus uh, from a national perspective. Let's go ahead and head out to our another question, uh, Jesse Ariola. What Mike Hart said a couple of weeks ago affect any five-star running backs coming to Michigan? So Mike Hart said he, he basically doesn't value stars uh, as much, and, and no college coach should. I think a more telling sign for a high-level recruit is, are your peers going after him? Do they value them Um the same way that you do. I think that's kind of a good measuring stick. Now, I'm not saying you should offer guys because other people are offering the same guy. I'm just saying that's, I think that's a better measuring stick than just, hey, this guy's a, a five star, a four star, right? This. I think uh, I, I like to see which recruits are actually being targeted by which schools. Is, you know, X school actually winning battles over this school? Um, in terms of Hart's comment about, you know, wanting guys that are program fits, he absolutely should look at, at program fits. I think there's a good mix, though. I think you can find highly touted guys that fit the Michigan mold. You know, my uh, issue with Hart has long been just settling for guys early as opposed to uh, really getting in the trenches with some of these bigger recruitments. Now, Hart is known as a great coach, as a great developer of talent as a great identifier of talent. So he very well might hit on some of these more hidden gems. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you're a Michigan fan, you have to kind of salivate at the prospect of hard potentially coaching up a guy that's a high four-star prospect, five-star level back. But in terms of his comments, I don't think that it really makes a different I don't I, a difference I don't think that you know five star running backs are reading what every coach says every week I think because you know everybody here's a Michigan fan you're you know consuming that content all the time but I don't think recruits are really looking at it like that and even if they do even if they read his comments I think from a context perspective Hart's not saying that he wouldn't recruit a five star back he's just you know, saying he has his own recruiting approach. But again, what I'd like to see from Hart as a recruiter is just building those early relationships with highly touted backs. It looks like he's starting to do that here in 2024, which is definitely a positive sign. And then just be more active with those highly touted guys. Don't necessarily settle. You don't have to settle. You're at Michigan. You're a Michigan legend. You can get those highly touted guys uh, and then just be more involved in recruiting in general. When you're a guy that carries that name recognition of Mike Hart and is as passionate about the Michigan program as he is, I think he can help a lot more on the recruiting trail moving forward. Um, let's see. Let's go down to King Davis. Um, seven, three, seven, four. Where do you predict Michigan to finish in recruiting in 2022. Well, it is the year 2022, but this is actually the 2023 recruiting class. Last year's class obviously finished number nine nationally. 2023, man, it's tough. You know, they're 
aren't a ton of storylines in terms of Michigan recruiting right now for the 2023 class. Um, I think Michigan's waiting for some late risers, seeing if they can take advantage of some of the uh, coaching movement that's bound to happen as far as guys getting fired or finding new jobs or leaving schools they're at. Right now, Michigan has actually dropped since the last time I checked. Uh, They were in the top 25 at number 25 a few days ago. Now they have uh, dropped out of the top 25 they are 26 nationally which is obviously not great i do think michigan again can work its way into the top 15 but um i i'm not expecting a, a top 10 finish like last cycle i think they can have somewhat of a similar close but it's really going to be hard for them to climb uh back into the top 10 which is you know, no way around it. Pretty disappointing coming off of college football playoff appearance. But this staff is really good at, at getting guys in late, at finding some guys that rise as seniors. So I think uh, I actually had a conversation with, uh, you know, one of our uh, other colleagues and, and he t- I told him look it's going to be a crazy 6 weeks like so all of November and the the 2 weeks or whatever it is leading up to the early signing period like that's going to be a crazy time in Michigan recruiting because you're just going to have guys pop up left and right uh you know right now Michigan has 14 commits so uh yeah a lot of room to add to this class uh, you could also see them potentially take lower than your standard 25 and save some scholarships for for next cycle but right now michigan uh, again from a rankings perspective you look at it you only have uh, a few guys in the top 150 and no top 100 recruits right now so i I do think it's going to be a little tough for them to move up let's go ahead and go over to um tunde uh Aduroja, sorry if I mispronounced that. I would appreciate you for joining. Why does on three have uh, Jaden Davis ranked so much lower than the other side? So again, for those that are just joining, we talked a little bit about top 100 quarterback Jaden Davis earlier in the show. Here we're going to talk uh, about his ranking. Um, so I think our, our producer, uh, Matthew Hutchison, is uh, about to pull up his ranking here on the screen so we can get a good look at every service. So uh, as you see here, 24-7 and Rivals both have him exactly the same. Uh, number eight nationally, 24-7 having him as the number two quarterback and Rivals as the number three quarterback. ESPN also, ha- also has him as the number three quarterback, but the number 38 recruit nationally. Uh, and then on three has him down at number nine and uh, number, number nine quarterback and number 75 overall nationally. So uh, definitely a difference there. I I obviously still think number 75 is great, uh, but definitely a a drastic difference. You know, uh, our rankings director, Charles Power, handles most of the ranking situation. I can't tell you that some knocks on Jaden Davis are he is on the shorter side, so he is right at about six foot, maybe six foot and a half. I'm not sure if I would even give him a half inch, uh, though that's might might be what he's listed at. Yep, six foot and a half. So, yeah, just right around six foot. He's on the shorter side to to make it simple. Um, and he's not a guy that's like, uh, 
you know, a Kyler Murray or Bryce Young or a, a Russell Wilson. Like he's not a guy that has great escapability in the pocket and he doesn't make a ton of plays with his legs. So when you're that height, you know, you're, you're expected to also be a bit of a dynamic athlete. And so I think, I don't think Davis is that I think he can run if he needs to, I think he can evade pressure if he needs to, but that's not necessarily his forte. Um, on top of that, as a sophomore, he only completed a little more than 50% of his passes. And some of the concerns I had when seeing him in the summer in seven on seven, uh, were accuracy issues, especially short to intermediate. He actually seemed to have more accuracy on deep balls, and he has tremendous arm strength, and that's what is what makes him a, a really special prospect. Uh, but I do think he struggled uh, from an accuracy standpoint, and I think a lot of that had to do was with it was with his touch. I think he's a guy that just was throwing, trying to throw so many darts out there is like he was a, a pitcher instead of a quarterback. But this year as a junior, he's taken a step in the right direction. I believe he's completing more than 70% of his passes, which is great. Uh, he's shown to be able to connect a lot better on short and intermediate routes. Uh, he's really finding a connection with his two star wide receivers, Jordan Ship and Channing Goodwin. Um, so I think he's definitely taking uh, a step in the right direction in the accuracy department. He is showing more touch on his passes. Uh, but overall, I still think that's an area of, of improvement as he moves forward. I mean, you have to be an accurate passer to, to succeed at the collegiate level. So I, I think those might be some concerns that on three has. I, I feel like we just focused in on a lot of the negatives on Jaden Davis. But look, I'm still very much a fan of Jaden Davis. I mean, he's a, a great leader. Um, he's a guy that, again, has tremendous arm strength, great ball placement on his deep balls. Uh, just uh, I, I think he's pretty similar. Uh, you know, I've been asked a lot uh, for a, a player comparison, an NFL player comparison. I think that's a little tough, but I would go back to my Texas roots and say Baker Mayfield, a guy that can make some plays is deceptively athletic uh, with his feet and a guy that has great arm strength, but isn't necessarily uh, the tallest guy. So I think that that would probably be my comp. And if he has a Baker Mayfield ceiling, that's obviously a great ceiling to have. Um, let's go down to John Stacy, who's going to stick with the uh, Jaden Davis theme. Jaden Davis is coming back for a visit soon, correct? So he may uh, come back for either the Penn State or the Michigan State game. I know Jordan Ship was planning to come for the Penn State game, so it wouldn't be surprising to see Davis uh, join him on that trip, but that has not been locked in. Uh, so I, I would definitely like to see Davis come in for that Penn State game, if not the Michigan State game, which is obviously another night game at home and the big house is going to be rocking. And if, you know, he gets back uh, on campus again for a, the fourth time in five months, then I do think that, you know, the, the concern can ease a little bit from the fan base. Let's go ahead and go down to Courtney Harper, who asked anything on Cutter Bowley. Uh, do you think that Benjamin Hall will remain in the class? Any info on running back targets? And if we don't 
get Davis? What's the backup plan? So a lot of questions here. Cutter Bowley, for those of you the guys that don't know, is a 2025 quarterback uh, with an early offer from Michigan. I know a lot of recruiting services are high on him early on. I have not seen him live, but he does like Michigan. He's already been to campus twice, and uh, you're seeing his rankings pull up here. So he's top 100 nationally on on three uh, or on the on three consensus. I'm sorry, on three releases a top 100 watch list and not uh, – the actual rankings in 2025. I'm not sure the uh, methodology uh, behind that, but uh, they do do a watch list, I guess, to to give more time to give more accurate rankings. But anyway, uh, you see him ranked as the number 45 prospect overall on 24-7 and the number 91 overall prospect, I believe, on Rivals. So uh, pretty much top 100 uh, across the board. ESPN hasn't released any rankings. But uh, anyway, Bowley out of uh, Kentucky, Lexington Christian Academy. Uh, Again, he's visited Michigan twice. He's slated to be back up for another visit this month. So I think he's Another one of those uh, intriguing prospects in 25. Michigan's off to a pretty good start with quarterback recruiting in that cycle. Um, They just had Bryce Underwood, who might be a a five-star prospect, on campus uh, a couple weeks ago. And Ryan Montgomery, another top 100 watch list guy, is slated to be on campus for the game against Penn State. So, yeah, I think they're in a good spot with some of these uh, 2025 signal callers for sure. Uh, do I think Benjamin Hall will remain in the class? So uh, Benjamin Hall, three-star running back commit out of North Cobb in Georgia. Uh, Hall has been on and off throughout his senior campaign, has been losing some carries, regained some carries. Uh, when I went out to see him, obviously that created quite a bit of controversy. He only had one carry for minus two yards. He did have a recent bounce back game rushing for 180 yards. Uh, His team was a bye last week. So we'll see how he kind of does the rest of his senior year. Not exactly the type of production you'd like to see from a Michigan running back commit. I do think Hart really likes him though. So as of now, I would say he remains in the class. I mean, I guess anything is possible when you don't really produce as a senior. But uh, Hall has that build that Hart really values, 5'10", 227. So he's a, a smaller, thick, built running back. He has tree trunks for legs. He's uh, a guy that should be a power back between the tackles and a good, good complement to a guy like Cole Cabana, who's more of a speedier take so we'll see what happens with Hall. I mean, they they have monitored some other running back targets to kind of get to your next question. Uh, Ex-Iowa commit Kendrick Raphael is a name that has been known out there, but nothing too serious right now. And then your last question, if we don't get Jaden Davis, what's the backup plan? So um, there is no real backup plan. I mean, like I said, Michigan is taking the same approach they did with Dante Moore, all the eggs in one basket. Again, that's another argument, whether Michigan is taking the right approach in terms of quarterback recruiting. It could have uh, serious implications if Michigan does not close with Jaden Davis, but they have blinders on. All they're doing is recruiting Jaden Davis. I do think if Michigan does miss on Jaden Davis, then 
You know, a guy that would immediately come to mind would be Michael Van Buren, another top 100 prospect out of National Powerhouse, Baltimore, St. Francis. I love Van Buren. He is on the shorter side as well at about five foot 10, five foot 11. But unlike Davis, he is an extreme athlete. He's a guy that can make a ton of plays with his legs. He's extremely elusive. His escapability is great. His game is fairly similar to that of Bryce Young. He has, he's gone from an unranked prospect to again, a top 100 prospect nationally. He plays great competition week in and week out at St. Francis. He was extremely impressive at future 50 under armors, big camp this summer, even out dueling uh, five-star 2023 quarterback Malachi Nelson. So yeah, a lot to like about Michael Van Buren. He would be my next man up, especially given all of Michigan's ties to St. Francis. Uh, I do think they are a little behind in that recruitment, uh, just kind of nature of going all in on one guy. Uh, but at the same time, with the St. Francis connections, with him having been on campus before, I think Michigan could quickly make up some ground there. Um, let's go down to uh, actually Courtney Harper hopped in with another uh, question right after that. Um, possible flips. So uh, some possible flips for Michigan. Nick Fadig, offensive lineman committed to Texas Tech, is in the process of scheduling unofficial visit, more of a straight interior offensive lineman that would be uh, really good to pair with Amir Herring. Obviously, Michigan is in a strong spot with Nathan Afobi, uh, who's a swing guy, a guy that can play guard and uh, maybe some right tackle as well. Uh, I think with Michigan taking a small number of offensive linemen last cycle, they could you know, potentially take both Fatig and Afobi if they're lucky enough to uh, be in a position to land both. Uh, Michigan obviously needs another linebacker and uh, Hayden Moore is one that is uh, committed to Nebraska. Obviously Scott Frost uh, is no longer there so he's one that could definitely uh, be a flip candidate. I know he uh, has been talking to the Michigan staff so we'll see if they uh, if they can get him on campus for an official visit in the fall and then uh, you know, I know a lot of people are wondering about Notre Dame commits. I think the guys that have the most buzz there are Charles Jagusaw and Jaden Osbury. Jagusaw, five-star offensive lineman. Jaden Osbury, top 100 linebacker. Uh, but nothing has been set there. So we'll see if anything shakes out with the Notre Dame commits. I think more potential flip candidates will pop up as the uh, cycle goes on. Let's go ahead and go down to uh, Funky Bunch 3 says, what schools are targeting Michael Van Buren if Michigan uh, misses on Jaden Davis? So uh, some of the schools that are uh, high on Michael Van Buren, Oregon. (laughs) So, you know, even though Oregon landed Dante Moore, they are still making uh, Van Buren a priority in 2024. I believe he just made a visit to Oregon not too long ago. Uh, Penn State, as you see here, is the RPM leader, and uh, they have been recruiting him extremely hard. Penn State obviously does well recruiting in the DMV Baltimore area, so I know they are a strong contender in that race. Interestingly enough, uh, according to our great Penn State site at on three, uh, the Penn State staff is actually set to visit Jaden Davis 
this week. So they are recruiting both Davis and Van Buren, uh, which is definitely uh, interesting. I don't think Penn State is that much of a factor for Jaden Davis. I think they are definitely more of a factor for Van Buren. Um, Alabama offered uh, Van Buren a couple of months ago. I know they are uh, considering him as well. Same same as Jaden Davis. I mentioned that situation. Alabama hasn't really honed in on a quarterback for this class. I mean, if you're Alabama, you're obviously very selective on the recruiting trail. And I think they're just kind of taking their time and seeing which 2024 they like the best. But Van Buren's definitely in that uh, in that group of quarterbacks that they really like. There are a couple others that are really involved there as well, but I would say those are, are some of the main ones. Let's go ahead and go to um, – Jesse Ariola, he says, Jared Gibson, can Mike Hart close uh, on a five-star? I think Edwards signed before he came. So, yes, uh, Donovan Edwards was a Jay Harbaugh land. Uh, Jared Gibson, for those of you that guys that don't know, is the nation's number one ranked running back in the 2024 recruiting class. He just named Michigan in his top 12, which is obviously a gigantic list. Uh, still... Very positive to see Michigan in that list. Again, it looks like Mike Hart's starting to gain some traction with some highly touted 2024 running backs, which is all I want to see. Um, it's it's definitely great news that Michigan's in that list. I don't know how newsworthy <laughs> it is, though, just given the uh, size of the list. Uh, I think right now Michigan just needs to get him on campus and see where things go from there. He is a Florida native, so a lot of times guys that go to IMG, uh, you know, come in from all over the country. But he is from Florida, as you see there. His hometown is Gainesville, Florida. So I do think it's going to be tough to pull him from the southeast, especially with the uh, with us being in the era of NIL. I think it's going to be tough for any. Uh, five-star level skill position to end up at, at Michigan with what's going on in college football right now. Uh, but Michigan, definitely an appealing option for running backs. Mike Hart, obviously a legend, uh, a lot to sell uh, to running back recruits. I just think Gibson is, is going to be more of an uphill battle. But as you see here, he is the number one running back across the board, all four recruiting services in agreement that Jared Gibson is the top back in 2024. Uh, let's go ahead and go down to Ben Recht. He says, just joined, so not sure if you've covered it, but what's the latest on linebacker recruiting? And it seems like we get this question every week, man, and we're still waiting for new targets to pop up. So not a lot of movement there. Uh, obviously, Michigan has one commit in Simaj Bridgman. The Wolverines looking to take another backer. Uh, we talked about Hayden Moore a little earlier in the show. Nebraska commit that's been in contact with the staff. He could definitely uh, rise up as a guy that, that gets on campus for an official visit. Um, you know, Arian Carter out of Tennessee is a new offer, but he's completely blown up. I do think Michigan is in the running for an official visit there, but Alabama seems like the, uh, the favorite in that recruitment. I think an under the radar guy that hasn't been talked about a lot that I just wrote about this week is uh, Desirio Riles out of Jacksonville, Florida. So Riles picked up a Michigan offer in the spring, and then we really didn't hear anything about him. Um, I just happened to 
see one of his tweets come across my timeline and I was like, Oh, let me just check in on this guy. And then did a little more digging on him. And the staff has been in contact with Riles. Again, he's a three-star out of uh, Jacksonville. He's trying to see if he can uh, get on campus at some point in the near future. Michigan is by far his biggest offer. His only other power five offer is from Boston college. So if Michigan does push for Riles, then he would uh, definitely be a guy that the Wolverines would be in a favorable position to land, especially given George Hilo, Michigan's linebackers coach, uh, obviously has a lot of ties to uh, North Florida, specifically to Jacksonville. So uh, given those connections, I, I definitely think it's uh, it's something to watch. If, if Riles does make it to campus, he could potentially be the other backer in this class. But uh, as always, Michigan is evaluating senior film. So there could be some, some guys that pop up, maybe some late risers like Jimmy Rolder last cycle. Um, let's go ahead and go down to... Lance Martin. What about this five-star quarterback from Belleville? Was he at a game a couple of weeks ago? So yes, Bryce Underwood, a terrific prospect. I really enjoyed watching Bryce Underwood throughout the offseason uh, in seven-on-seven, seven, playing with uh, Sound Mind, Sound Bodies, Max X team, which also featured Michigan wide receiver commit Simaj Morgan. Uh, but yes, Bryce Underwood is a big-time talent. I don't think I've seen a quarterback as young as he is uh, built as well as he is. So he's listed by on three as six foot three, 202 pounds, which obviously is big for a 25. I think he's bigger than that, to be honest. Like, I think he's like six, four two fifteen at this point. I mean, he's huge for, for a QB, just huge in general for a 15 year old. He led Belleville to a state title as a 14 year old, which is extremely impressive. He has a cannon for an arm. Um, he's a guy that is continuing to improve uh, just from a mechanics and, and accuracy uh, standpoint. He works closely with quarterback guru Donovan Dooley. Uh, so I think he's improving in a lot of areas, which, is, you know, for a young guy, I think, you know, just getting down your mechanics, getting down your feet uh, will obviously improve your accuracy. And I think Bryce uh, is, is really showing out as a sophomore. And like I said, he led Belleville, Belleville to a state title as a freshman. So the arm talent is insane. If he puts it all together, I definitely think he can live up to his billing early on. You see here, uh, he's a top 100 guy uh, or on the top 100 watch list by on three. Uh, he's the number six overall prospect on 24-7 and the t- number two overall prospect on Rivals. So definitely a five-star level guy. Uh, Donovan Dooley actually compared him to Vince Young, who was just an absolute amazing college football player and an amazing recruit. So if that's the ceiling for Bryce Underwood, man, he's a must land in 2025. I do think Michigan's in a decent spot early on, but that one is really going to be a national recruitment. A lot of Southern schools already involved. You, you've had previous tension at Belleville, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, you know, there was a, a little bit of an incident with, with head coach Jermaine Crowell and Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh several years ago. Um, and, and I think fences have been somewhat or mostly, uh, mended there, but that's always in the back of, um, 
of your mind uh, in, in such a high profile recruitment like this. Uh, but talking to Dooley, talking to guys around uh, Underwood's recruitment, you know, Curtis Blackwell, I think everybody's been or everybody has had said nothing but great things about Michigan. So I'm not sure how much of a role that will play in his recruitment. I know that question is bound to pop up. So, you know, just addressing it now, I think uh, Bryce is his own guy. He's a very intelligent, quiet kid. Um, I've really enjoyed my interactions with Bryce and uh, I think he's going to make his own decision, uh, but still far away. I think Michigan just needs to continue to chip away, uh, keep building those relationships in Belleville, which is at Belleville, which is obviously uh, great to have Ron Bellamy and Steve Klinkscale on staff, guys that are very well respected throughout um, the entire state of Michigan. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Bryce, a, a supreme talent and, and Michigan values that early on. Uh, let's go ahead and go down to uh, another question from Jesse Arola. Uh, anything on Hill at cornerback worried about Illinois winning this year? Any update? So not a lot from the last time we talked about Jair Hill. Uh, I obviously was in Illinois to see him uh, a few weeks ago. Look, he's uh, slated to be on campus at Michigan for the game against Michigan State. I know he's visiting Illinois. Uh, again, for another game there, there are a few out of region schools that he likes, Oregon, Florida State, UCLA. Uh, but I still think this one's a Michigan, Illinois battle. I'm not sure if their 